You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. So, Chelsea, since I am going to New Orleans tomorrow and I may carry on or check it back, doesn't matter. Are my Longhorns going to get a win or not? Because Texas, I can't believe Texas is the favorite in this game. They're laying four points. Texas is minus 185 on the money line. Washington is plus 150. Total is 63 and a hook. I see a ton of people on Washington, but this line has only budged a half point gone down from Texas minus four and a half. And I got to tell you, I would go with Washington here. Maybe I'm being a fan who's too worried about his team. I can see Texas winning this game. I think Texas is good enough to win the national championship. I also think that Washington will be able to attack that Texas secondary or will they double D? Maybe it's fake. Maybe we've had a month to prepare. Nobody talks about that Washington defense, which isn't very good. And, oh, I don't know, a Texas team that can score with the best in the country. A Texas team hitting its stride. A Texas team coming off two blowouts and a conference championship. I changed my mind. Texas has got to win the natty. Thank you, Double D. What is really going to happen, Chelsea? What is really going to happen here? I feel like the personality that comes out of you when that fight song hits, you know, mm-hmm. the speaker, that's what you needed in your previous marriage is you needed the <laughs> Texas fight song to start playing and then you could actually voice your actual yes. opinions. You would have, you know, had some stones if you had had the Texas fight song Seriously. You know, play it, playing in the background. But I do think people probably need a refresher course on this game. Because it's been so long since we've seen the opening line of this game. That mm-hmm. is the thing with bowl games. And it does kind of shock me that this line has only moved a half point. Because I do feel like the public's going to be on Washington here. But a yeah. lot of this has to do with the matchup. And we saw in the Big 12 championship game that Texas is very good at stopping the run. And that's something they've been good at mm-hmm. all season long. But what about stopping the pass? And Jenks, I think you were the person that brought this up. Doesn't it feel mm-hmm. like the weakness of the Texas defense is in the middle of the field and with their secondary. And especially when you're going against a very prolific pass attack, Michael Penix Jr., of course, a Heisman candidate, or um, he was nominated, I guess, a nominee, you should say, Mm -hmm. and several receivers that are probably going to play in the NFL. It feels like a tough matchup for Texas. Like when you play a team like Oklahoma State that, you know, wants to run the football, that's a good matchup for this Texas defense. But the passing attack that Washington has, don't you feel like it could possibly cause some problems for Texas here? I do. The one thing that I I, I will say is two things. Number one is I don't think we're giving 
Texas enough credit for what they can do on offense versus the Washington defense. Because Washington does not face an offense like this this season, I don't believe. And also, Steve Sarkeesian, with a month to prepare, could pull out his bag of tricks. I think Texas could outscore Washington. But it feels like the Huskies are the play. I hope I'm wrong. We have talked Ooh. a little bit about Texas and Washington. And briefly, I think both of us are kind of leaning towards taking the points here with yeah. um, Washington. The passing attack is really good with Michael Penix Jr. That seems to be one of the weaknesses for te Texas. Doesn't feel like they have a lot. But what is the case for Texas here? And you, you said it when, you know, Double D was firing up mm -hmm. the music. So let's do like a shortened version of it. Sure. Why does Texas stand a good chance here? Well, let's not ignore the fact that Texas is favored in this game, okay? That's that's mm -hmm. number one. Everyone is acting like, hey, it's Washington, Washington. It may be Washington. I understand why. I like that pick as well. Texas is the favorite. So two things here. This is without question, I believe, the best defensive line in the country. Devondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, those guys in the middle are NFL linemen. Devondre Sweat just won the Outland Trophy, best defensive lineman in college football. This Washington offensive line has not faced an interior like this. And so Texas oftentimes can get pressure with their front four. If that happens, all of a sudden, they got a ton of guys in the secondary that can slow down Michael Penix Jr. because I don't think the offensive line will be able to protect Michael Penix Jr. like they have throughout the Pac-12 schedule because Texas will be the best defense they have faced all season. Texas is the number one defense in the country on third downs. They are great at getting third down stops. Yes, they can give up the big play. Conversely, Washington does not have a very good defense, and Steve Sarkeesian, as a play caller, is no question this this is across the board if you know college football you will agree with this he is easily a top five play caller in college football so can washington stop sark's offense when he has a month to get ready that's a big question mark it's a huge question mark and that's how texas can win this game third down stops and enough offense to outscore the huskies Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Do you think offensive-minded head coaches have an advantage when it comes to games that have a long layoff? And please correct me if yes. I'm wrong. I am football X's and O's analyst. It feels mm -hmm. to me like you can have a defensive game plan, but there's still a lot of reactionary stuff. You know, you do what, uh, you know, in game and you make adjustments. Obviously, you can say that for mm -hmm. the offense as well. But do you think guys like Steve Sarkeesian, guys who are known for their play calling, and play, you know, uh, creating prowess, do you think they have an advantage when these uh, games have a long layoff? I do, because then they can really get into their bag and they can really mm -hmm. pull out, not necessarily trick plays, but they can scheme in ways they haven't before. I was reading an article from, I believe it was on The Athletic, and they were interviewing anonymous Big 12 coaches about Texas and Sark in particular, and one of the things that was written about Sark was from an anonymous Big 12 head coach was he doesn't have tendencies. 
he breaks tendencies. You think he does. The next week, he breaks them. And that's the one thing. If you're a defensive coordinator and you're trying to stop an opposing offense, a lot of times what you do is you base your defensive schemes on tendencies. Oh, we've seen this look before. This is a tell. This is how we know what they're going to run or how to defend this play. Sark doesn't really do that. That's what makes it tough. You think he's going to do something. He knows you think he's going to do it, and he does the opposite. And it's hard. When you get into a habit as an offensive play caller or things that work, you go to things that work. Sark isn't really like that. So for making the case for Texas in particular and and the advantage that offensive play callers have, that's the advantage. You take a mind like that and you give them a month to get ready, I mean, that's when they, in theory, should be at their best. I think that's why it's really tough for me to handicap this Alabama and Michigan game. Because you look at both sides of the coaching angle and you say, okay, Nick Saban with extra time to prepare, boy, is that going to be tough to defend. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Jim Harbaugh is a pretty damn good coach in his own right, and they're the team that's favored in this one. When you have a matchup that has two great coaches, do you think it almost cancels itself out? Because obviously at the end of the day, the players still have to execute said game plan. Yeah, it's... It's a very good question, and I coaching certainly matters. I get that. Well, there's no question about it. When you have a coach like Saban who has been there, done that again and again and again, then you're going to give them due credit, and I think rightfully so. And honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why everyone is on Bama. I happen to like Michigan over Alabama, and I feel like I'm in the minority there. But when people look at Jim Harbaugh, what do they see? They see a guy who's never won it, and they see a cheater. And when you look at Nick Saban, what do you see? You see the GOAT. You see a guy who's been there, done that, who just beat Georgia. And so that absolutely plays into how people bet these games. And and sometimes those narratives are spot on. Sometimes there's a bit of tomfoolery going on there. And you get you get hoodwinked because you think things are going to go a certain way based on, you know, history that you've seen in the past. And it's not that way. This one's really tough for me because I do think it's kind of a red flag that this line hasn't moved because I think you're right. I think Mm -hmm. the majority of the bets we're seeing last time I checked, it was close to 60% of the bets on Alabama here. And that's all the narrative that we have been hearing. Alabama's so hot right now. They have Nick Saban. Jalen Milrow is peaking at the right time. And I will say he's going to be tough to defend the way that he is playing. Um, But in my betting gut instinct, it does feel like mm-hmm. Michigan may be the play. I don't know if I'm actually going to play it. This one kind of confounds me. Like, I don't really have a great feeling on uh, the game between Alabama and Michigan. Yeah. But we'll see for that one. I also want to ask you this quickly. Who do you think has the better chance out of Texas and Washington to beat whoever comes out of this Alabama-Michigan game? I think it's Texas, honestly. And I, I think I like Texas against Bama or Michigan more than I like Texas against Washington. I know that sounds crazy, but physically Mm -hmm. Texas matchups really, really well with Bama and Michigan. I think Huskies might be able to out finesse and out and out play Texas as far as the deep ball is concerned. Yeah, I'm on the same path. I kind of want Texas to win not only for you, but also because I think it will guarantee a better game in the championship. Kind of feels like Washington is almost the TCU of last season. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.